What the hell is the name of this song? Is this Wayne's World? The award-winning Evan Grant? I can't even count anymore on my fingers and toes. Kevin Sherrington. Kevin Sherrington, clown number one. Barry Horn. He tried to get me in mid-chew. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another fascinating, scintillating, really exciting version of Ballsy, the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News podcast. I'm Kevin Sherrington. I'm Barry Horn, and please don't accuse us of false advertising because the award-winning Evan Grant is not here. He That's, is eating barbecue in Cleveland, of all places. Yeah, I know. Not Cleveland, Texas. No, no, no. Cleveland, Ohio. Which, what, what do they know about barbecue in Cleveland, I, Ohio? I don't, I don't know, know, but he told us it's somebody, Simon Garfunkel. Michael Simon's Michael Simon's yeah. barbecue, and uh, neither one of us knew what that meant. No. It, it, you know, it doesn't sound promising L- to let's, me. let's ask our guest if he knows what Michael Simon's barbecue. Kirk Bowles. Do you, you know, Kirk Bowles lives in the land of barbecue, right? That, they know barbecue, barbecue. doesn't Oh, do we know barbecue? Yeah, you we know barbecue. barbecue. We invented barbecue in Austin. Yeah. Well, you, now you're actually from Taylor, though. You can't take credit for that. And Taylor, they I don't know. And, they don't know anything about barbecue in Taylor. Stop it right there. Louis Miller's barbecue is consistently in Texas Monthly is one of the top joints in Texas. Okay, you can look it up. Uh-huh. But it's not in Taylor, is it? Yes, it's in Taylor. Is it really? They, they've even used that for a movie. Louis Miller's barbecue place was used for movies. I, I had no idea. For, for those oh of us, goodness. for those of us who aren't native Texans, can you tell me where Taylor is? No one hey, cares about. <laughs> it's close to Austin. Okay. Okay. It's very very close to Austin. All right now. Uh, Kirk, let's tell everybody where you are. You are actually in the area uh, of our podcast. Uh, you're not in our studio, but you are up here for the Big 12 meetings this week. Well, that is correct. Uh, Kevin told me I wasn't welcome in the studio, That's but correct. he could catch me in by phone. So I keep wondering where Kevin is for these Big 12 meetings. It's I, I'm gonna. I'm showing up sometime this week. I, I'm not sure when it is, but they they won't let me out of this studio. I just I'm in here all the time. Now now let me ask you this: Do you think maybe this Baylor stuff's going to come up during the the meetings this week? You know, I know it's going to generate conversations, but in the times I've talked to Bob Bowlesby, it's almost like their hands are kind of tied. I mean, they're they're watching it with interest, obviously, but. You know, it's not. I don't think it rises to the level that the conference would ever take action at this point. It, I mean, you know, do you? It's it's not so much that the conference would have to take action against Baylor, but Baylor was uh, for the last few years a dynamic football force in this conference. With if, no if if Baylor now takes a few steps backwards, where does that leave the top of the conference, the power of the conference, the ability of the conference to get into the uh, championship get championship uh, playoffs, and and what does it do? It, when, essentially, the the Big Twelve might be nine and a half teams now. Well, I don't think you're giving uh, the Baylor talent that our bros recruited enough credit. He's got two quarterbacks, which last time I looked is two more than Texas has. Okay, so I I wouldn't necessarily assume Baylor's going away. But, I mean. Jim Grobe's a, a very good coach. He may not be Art Browse, but I think Baylor... That might be a good thing for Baylor, by the way. It might be. I think Baylor's still on the top rung. I really do. 
So, so my impression always was in with Baylor's offense that you can say whoever you want, Philip Montgomery, this, that, whoever the the, uh, the offensive coordinator has been, it's Art Briles offense and, and and Arch running it. So I, I do think there will be a difference without him there, and you and you have to wonder how the players respond to that absence. You know, I I, I could certainly see this as a situation where if they if they start out strong, which they will, because they don't play anybody in in uh, non conference play, uh, if they start out strong and get rolling. I could see them really doing something then. But if, if they do struggle uh, at some point, or let's say early in the conference schedule, then I could see that team having some real issues this year. Yeah, because you know they're going to be distractions. Uh, there are not as many distractions now that our brows have been removed. But with the NCA perhaps probing into it with Title IX violations, with lawsuits, you know, these people are still going to get asked about it. And that's why I think the fact that basically they cleaned house and swept everybody out instead of sweeping under the rug, I think is a positive for Bader. I think maybe they get past it a little quicker this way. Well, do you think their dirt, this, the broom is, is complete? I, I can't see any of the coordinators, Art Sun, uh, staying. I, I think everybody's got to go. What, what's your thought? Yeah, I, do, I do, too. Now, I don't know what Jim Grove's connections are to anybody else on the staff, but I'd be surprised if anybody sticks around. Now, maybe he might keep one or two that's totally not involved with the sexual assault scandal, but, you know, by and large, I think it's a pretty large broom, and I think they've done the right thing by, by getting rid of the principal characters. But but you think the coordinators will be will be there uh, when the season opens? I would. My guess would be no. I think uh, that... Uh, Jim Grove would want his own people in there, and uh, I would be surprised if Kendall Bryles or Phil Bennett still there at the season opener. I made this point in a column the other day. You know, which my timing has been really good this week or the last week. I, I wrote last week that uh, that Art Bryles was not going to be fired just because of, of Baylor's attitude about this and about how adamant that they had been that you know that oh we haven't done anything wrong. So I was really good on that when they fired him the next day. And then I said that, well, it looks like, you know, that how can you uh, have much faith in Baylor when it looks like that Phil Bennett is going to be the interim coach? And Phil Bennett was the one who in Fort Worth last year when asked about Sam Wakachu, uh said, and said, oh, yeah, we expect him to be playing this fall, knowing that that Wakachu was going to trial for rape. Not, not only that, how about the other two defensive players who uh, – Stephen Elliott – Yes, well, the guy that an guy was, that was uh, yes in Oakman too. Well, because here's the issue for me is that is that Phil's in. I'm, I'm guessing here Phil's pretty much in lockstep with Art on all of this that was that was happening. And so, how do you bring that guy back? How do you put that guy in as interim coach? I think that's what they probably decided, and that's why they went outside, which was a smart thing to do. Now, now, what I'm going to ask you, Kirk, do you think that Jim Grove has a chance to be the permanent head coach at Baylor? Yes, I think he probably does. Uh, and I think, you know, we even heard Mac Brown's name come up you know, last week, and that was never going to happen. And some people said, well, maybe you could bring Mac Brown, Mac Brown back for a year to stabilize. Hey, you bring Mac back for a year, he's going to want to stay 10, okay? We Absolutely. <laughs> Don't let him in the room. That's what, that's what he's, yeah. like a, he's like a salesman. He gets his foot in the door. You know, even, even if Grove comes in thinking he doesn't want to stay – 
the he'll be intoxicated, but when he, when he takes a look at the athletes they have there, well, in the stadium and, and, and the everything stadium else they got going and, on, and, absolutely, and the rest of the conference, Texas being down, you're in a, you're in a major conference. You got a chance to win in this major conference as opposed to what he had at Vanderbilt. Well, you know, no, no, he, at he, uh, Wake Forest. What about I mean, yeah, places like that. Right. You know, the, 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 he, he never really had a chance to do that. Those places. So I, you know, I, I, I don't I don't know Jim Grubb. Do you know him very well, Kirk? No, I don't know him at all. Yeah, I was. But like, I, but with him from afar, I'll put it that way. I, I, th- I think he was an inspired choice, and the reason and the reason he had trouble winning at Wake Forest, I think Wake Forest is is the smallest. Either Wake Forest, SMU is the smallest school, Division One school, in terms of uh, student population, and it's hard well, to. They are the smallest Power Five school, Barry. You are right about that. Right, right, but but they're a small school in in a big conference, and they and they right. and they struggle. So just, I, I would I would. Uh, you know, just say that's very. He's in a very difficult situation to win there, and he did win there. I think it was an inspired choice. Well, uh, here's what I want to know: Who made that hire? Uh, uh, I'm going to guess. Kirk, do you know? And I'll make a guess. I don't. Do you think Ian McCall makes that hire? Who, who makes that hire? Some consulting firm. I, really? I don't think Ian did, but he might have had input. What I think is that the fact that they named him so quickly showed me this has been in the works for weeks. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Because you don't do that with Jim Grobe in, a, in an afternoon. You know, that. who knows? He may have already been in Waco twice. But uh, I think this probably rose above him. Now, Ian may have had input. They may have even used an executive search for him. Um, I would guarantee it. You know, the, the one thing that surprised me, and we really haven't talked about this much, I mean, uh, the other people have outside, but uh, is the fact that in this Pepper Hamilton report, which, you know, everyone was looking at this with a lot of trepidation, wondering if, you know, because I'm sure Pepper Hamilton was very conscious of the fact that people have said it at other times in other investigations that, oh, this was just a whitewash. And I, and I was fully expecting that to happen again. And yet we, we get a report that's very damning of Art Bryles and the Baylor Athletic Program, but it's 13 pages long. And it doesn't name names. It doesn't name names. 13 pages. Now, I realize they said they were, I think they were protecting these women, and, and I get all that. But it's easy, easy to redact all that kind of thing. You don't have to have the women's and some names. Of the, and some of the women have come out. A lot of have, have come, have yes, come out have. as well. So that's it, it, very interesting to me why that's not the case. You had an investigation that went on for what, five months, six months, and, and it's September. 13 pages long. And a guy gets fired, and a president gets demoted. Well, that's what they released. Uh, you know, they—they they, it might be a matter of semantics on what the report is. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's There's, a good there point. Might be Maybe other, that's there it. might be other information out there. But uh, have you heard? I'm, I'm going to guess this, and, and it's more than a guess. I think there's something else out there that we haven't yet heard about, or hasn't yet been reported, that will make everything we know uh, small by comparison. There's so, there's some other activity out there uh, about well, Baylor. Lack of specifics, and, and I think that's what people are kind of crying out for. Because you still have some art browse defenders. Oh, you got a lot of them. You got a lot of them out there. You know, so I think it would behoove Baylor to either leak out or put out and be a little more transparent on art browse, so they, they would at least appear more justified, at least for the Baylor hardcore faithful that. You know, think our brows walked on water. Not only, not only that. Don't you owe to the assistant coaches who may have been innocent in this and may not have been involved, but everybody's everybody's been uh, painted with a broad brush here. What if what if there's assistant coaches in there who were not involved, who who are not culpable here? Don't they deserve for people to know so they can get on with their lives? Absolutely, Barry. 
the on the nail. I'm telling you because it, the the report, the 13 pages mentions football coaches and support staff were interviewing these complainants and inappropriately where that was not their role. They didn't have the authority and and they weren't uh, reporting what they learned to the, the higher administration. So you know the fact that it's a damning report to our brows and mentions coaches plural. I think I think a lot of these assistants are open explanation because you know you know all ten of the head ten of the coaches on our brow staff weren't complicit in this and you're talking about lives and and livelihood because these people are all trying to get jobs right now and it's just an awful time to find jobs. So well, and I, I, I don't I don't, I don't think long term these guys are going to get jobs. You know, first of all, Art Browns is done. He's done as a head coach, and no one's going to hire him as an assistant coach now. No, and, and there's this mythology I, I've heard on talk radio that, that he, he can go to the NFL. and, no. NFL, and he, I, There's no way. The man had no playbook. The, yeah. You know, how does that work uh, in the pros? Well, you know? not only, aside from not having a playbook, and, and maybe the game he played was, was a college game, I don't think there's any franchise in the NFL right now that could afford to bring him in. No, I, I think he, a he's school. a pariah now. I think that's the way he's put it. Hey, Dave Bliss is still coaching somewhere, right? Well, He's you're coaching right. in Oklahoma. You're I right. I, I think he could end up in. A, I think he could end up at a high school job again. I, I, I really do I think do, he could I do, do that. Oh, I think that'd yeah. be that'd be a tough sell at, at a high school uh, in a major in a big market, maybe in a small town. Well, it's like you said though. Dave Bliss got a job. Dave so. Bliss got a yeah, job. He Well, and that was one of the things that his daughter said that was he was coat in, on her Facebook account, and which you know I, I'm not about to condemn my daughter for defending her father. Uh, but one of the things she said was that well, he's only reason he's coaching is for his children and grandchildren, and and I think that's just foolishness to say that about any coach. A coach coaches for himself, uh, for his ego, for his ego. This is what he wants to. This is who they are, and this is what they want to do. And, and so, and, and of course, the interesting thing about that is, is that we were all saying about how Mac was. It was time for Mac to go, and uh, and what Mac is what two years older than than Art? Isn't that right? I think that I think that Art is yeah. either sixty or sixty one. He's 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 certainly kept himself in good shape, uh, but he is right. close. Uh, fortunately for him, anyway, he's close to the, was close to the end of his what should have been his career anyway. Uh, yeah, Mac could be sixty five in August. Is that what it is? Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, it, there's a there's a ton of things we need to talk to you about, Kirk. But uh, we know you're on a short time because you you have to get over to those Big Twelve meetings. And by the way, I want you to fill me in on those uh, when I get over. Is, there. is that the way it's done now? Yes, you, you that's get the way some, it's always been done. That's pretty a, much like the way you used to fill me in on uh, what's, what was going on with the University of Houston. That is correct. That is correct. Although Kirk is a much better source uh, for me than than I was for you. Oh, I don't know. You you were pretty good. You and Guy V and, and Clyde Drexler and Akeem Olajuwon were pretty tight. You yeah, used to yeah. go eat barbecue, all four of you together, no, I right? Did, I did not eat barbecue with those guys. Oh. That never happened. Never happened. So, Craig, give us one quick parting thing here. What What, are, what is going to be the big story in the Big 12 meetings this week? Uh, the big story will be if there is a story. Because <laughs> oh, no. There's going to be talk, 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 and they're going to say, well, we got a lot of good facts and we had a lot of great conversation. Now we got to go back to our campuses and talk about if, if there's any big lasting news coming out of it. Maybe it does have to do with Baylor, or maybe it's just that okay, we are leading toward expansion or against expansion. But any big weighty decisions won't come till later in the summer. Do you have any favorite schools for expansion? If they expand? well, I mean, BYU has always made sense to me because they're a national brand. They're good in fast football and basketball. 
Germans all over the nation, uh, their TV name. Uh, I think they make a lot of sense now. The whole Sunday thing, the missions, the BYU TV network are all obstacles. And one AD told me geography is the biggest problem for them. Well, conversely, then Houston should be a favorite. So I think BYU, uh, Cincinnati's got a lot going for it, and Houston I think would be the top three that uh, I would look at with UConn maybe being the fourth. You know, Kirk, we were just talking to you about what an expert you are, and then you come on and said that. I mean, that what a what a weak collection oh, of, this, of this, potential. Very hospitable. Kevin. Very nice, Kevin. <laughs> Guys, the guy, the guy, the guy waited all weekend to be on our podcast. We're, we're doing yeah, it on, on, on Tuesday instead of Monday because of Memorial Day weekend. He's been chafing at the bit all weekend to be on the podcast, and then you go in and say, "I know, I, I feel bad about it a little bit." But but don't wouldn't you really rather have Florida State and Clemson? Oh, by all means, I'd really have Notre Dame and uh, <laughs> Nebraska and the Cowboys. Yeah, Throw the Cowboys you, in there too. You know, people are saying you could get Nebraska back. You know, you can get the old band back together again. I'm for that, too. If That would be my first choice, bring back Nebraska and A&M, problem solved. But short of that, go after Florida State Clemson. Try to pry LSU Arkansas out of the SEC. Come here, and you can win. Bader may not be Bader anymore. You know, come here, and you, and you win an automatic ticket to the CFP. So, yeah, I think with all the grant of rights, though, I don't know if that precludes them from really dreaming big and, and going after a Florida State Clemson. Well, that, yeah, yeah, I don't think so either, but that, those are my first choices. I, I'm with you on the BYU, and you know what? I'd even take my alma mater, Houston, if it just rounded things out. I, I think that they, they do have some promise because they have been a basketball power at times, and it's possible they could do that again with a new stadium, but only if Tom Herman agreed to take a 10-year deal, uh, a lockdown, can't leave, has to stay there for 10 years, then, uh, then I would take Houston for that. Yeah, but no, Cook do that are they Kevin? No, no coach is gonna do that. But no, you know coaches are Ross would make you take a ten year contract. <laughs> yeah, maybe he would. Yes he would. He's already been there though. Yes. Been there and done that. That's true. That's true. Craig, thanks for coming on with us, buddy. You're the best and we love you and uh, and, and I'll see you out there this week, okay? Be well. Yeah, that, that, that's an interesting technique you have. You insulted the man and then told him he was the best. That, that, don't you know anything about psychology? That's what you do. That's how you get people to be on your side. You slap them around a little bit, and then you, <laughs> and then you tell. I, I, I want to okay, disassociate myself from that comment. <laughs> oh my oh. god! You sound, you sound like a high school football coach in the fifties uh, when you say that. You know, you get out there, you're hard on the kids, but you love them, and you're hard, you don't let them drink, you don't let them do anything. And I didn't th- say I wouldn't let them drink wine. Well, but you I slap them around wine. a little bit. What does that mean? That just, that's just in, in the, uh, in the, in the uh, not in the physical sense. Oh, in, in the metaphysical, metaphysical sense. Metaphysical sense. So let go. me ask you this. What other yeah. podcasts do we have for listeners this week? Well, yeah, we have, first of all, we have a Rangers podcast in which we talk to Evan Grant, who's in Cleveland eating barbecue, whatever that means. I, I'm not sure what he contributed to anything that we talked about No, today. he could, he contributed, but his barbecue, he, Evan's the barbecue What's his name now? Barbecue Slob, I think it's what barbecue he calls Slob and yeah. Barbecue Bob. Well, that's really but... nice, yeah. Anyway, yeah, he's 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 trying to find good barbecue all over the country. So supposedly Michael Simon, whoever that is, that makes good barbecue. Does that sound like a barbecue guy to you, Michael Simon? Sounds like a corned beef guy to me. Yeah, it sounds like a yes, a corned beef that's and pastrami. Exactly a what beef, I was thinking. A corned beef and pastrami guy. That's exactly what I was. Rather thinking. Rather than that, but he has good company. He has he's with the expert broadcasters, Eric Nadell, who also, by the way. Way, and you said that your children 
do not like Peggy Sue's barbecue. No. And they and they put me down because of the fact that I like it. Every time you write something and they disagree with you, they go, what do you expect? He's he's a big fan of Peggy Sue's. Oh, They're not a big fan of Peggy Sue's. Eric Nadell, another big fan of Peggy Sue's. That's me, Eric, and Evan. Three barbecue. That that that's a trio. I, I, that's yeah. those are two guys I like to attach my career to. Yeah. And, and but not only is Evan there, Matt Hicks is there, and Dave Matt Raymond Hicks, is Dave there. Dave Raymond there. They, they're all there. So the whole crew, the, the whole broadcast broadcast crew, and Evan there. who wishes he was part yeah, of the bar, broadcast crew. And then we're also going to talk about the Cowboys this week. And there's lots to talk about the Cowboys. Oh my god! Always lots to OTAs, talk about the Cowboys. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's it's always it's always stuff to talk about with the Cowboys. So uh, so our, I guess that means we're, are we finished talking about colleges? I think we are. This is could we're be going our like 19 short, minutes. 19 minute, but it was 19 power, power packed. packed minutes. <laughs> yeah. a, a lot of protein in there. Yeah, a lot of protein. All right, then that that'll be the end of our uh, our uh, college. Uh, Big 12, Baylor podcast. Ballsy podcast. Ballsy podcast, yeah. And uh, make sure that you tune in and listen to all the other podcasts this week, including our Cowboys one, which we're going to come up with in just a second. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.